Hello and welcome to Inside Music, episode number 79. I'm your host, James Shotwell, and my guest this week is Bradley Walden of Emma Rosa. Before we get there, however, we have a few things we need to discuss. Over the last couple of months, Inside Music has been growing at an alarming rate. We have no one but you, the listener, to thank for that. Whether you listen every week or you listen and you tell your friends to do the same, your support has not gone unnoticed, and I deeply appreciate it. With that in mind, I've been thinking a lot about why we started Inside Music. The goal of this show in the first place was to share the stories and experiences of people working in the music industry for entertainment purposes, but also to educate people thinking about a career in music, about the realities of what it takes to quote-unquote make it. Now, I like to think that we've done a pretty decent job on that, but I realize that there's one area that we haven't really covered much, and that's what it's like for people starting in music today. And by that, I mean 2016. And a lot of the guests on the show got their start in 2010 or even earlier than that, and the experiences and struggles that they had making it are not necessarily the same as those of people who are just starting to rise up in the modern music industry, in today's music industry. And I'm going to try to change that moving forward in a way that I think you'll enjoy, but won't take away from how the rest of the show has been functioning up to this point. What we're going to do is what I like to consider bonus guests. Once or twice a month, I'm going to bring on a newcomer, someone that only has a year, maybe two, of experience in the industry under their belt. Now, this can be a singer-songwriter, as it is today. It could be someone from a band. It could be a publicist. It could be a music blogger. Whatever the case, I'm going to have that person on to have a short five to ten minute discussion about their career, their aspirations, and the struggles they've encountered so far. I'm also going to share a little bit of whatever it is that they're doing. If they're a publicist, we'll talk about the bands they're working with. If they're a blogger, we'll talk about their website. And in the case of musicians, we're going to play full songs. Just a full song. It's going to be make the episodes a little bit longer. But I think, hopefully, it will help not only win this person a few new fans, but also help you, the listener, better understand what it's like to be a young artist trying to make it in the entertainment business today. Now back to Bradley. Bradley Walton joined Amorosa in 2014, right before the band's last record, Versus, arrived in stores. It was a great record. I think it's one of the best in the band's career. But the band hadn't completely gelled with Bradley yet. You know, there are still kind of two separate entities working together to create one product. On the band's new album, 131, which arrives in stores July 8th through Hopeless Records, the band has become a singular unit, and it's clear throughout the entire album that they are better because of it. I've been a fan of Amorosa since 2006, and I've liked every album they've put out with every one of their frontmen, but I can tell you from a lifetime of experience with the group that 131 is their best material to date, and it's also the best material Bradley Walden has ever created. He needed Amorosa as much as Amorosa needed him to become the band that they are today. The album is a deeply emotional alternative rock experience, and I advise everyone that has the ability to hear the album in full to find a little time in your day, shut off everything else except for music, put on your best headphones, and just let the album wash over you. Take in all the experiences, because Walden has a lot of stories to tell on this album. I personally think it's an album about growing up. I think it's about getting older and realizing that maybe you were wrong sometimes. You know, a lot of us have this problem where we'll spend our days thinking, oh, if only this person hadn't broken my heart, or if only this had happened, or if only they had done this. And we never stop to think, maybe I did something. Maybe I did something wrong. Maybe I made a misstep, a misjudgment, a miscalculation, whatever it is. And a big part of becoming a full-blown adult is learning to accept the fact that you too are wrong sometimes and learning to love yourself in spite of that fact. And I think that that is something that Walden really gets into here on 131. I don't know if that was necessarily his goal, and you'll hear him discuss what his ideas are on the album, but that's, that's what I take away from it, and I hope that you can take away that as well. So we're going to do that in a little bit, but beforehand, we're going to try this new thing. I found the singer-songwriter on SoundCloud earlier this month. Her name is Annie Schindel. She lives in the greater Los Angeles area, and she doesn't have an official website. She doesn't have a Twitter account. She doesn't even have a Facebook page for her music. All she has is a SoundCloud account and a handful of really great acoustic songs that she sings and plays guitar on. I don't really know who to compare her to, but because, you know, everyone needs a little comparison to help get their name out there, I will say there's a little bit of young Taylor Swift in here. You know, that, that early Taylor Swift, where it was just her, a guitar, and some hooks. Annie has the hook writing down, she plays guitar wonderfully, and she has a great voice, but there's something that T-Swift's early music lacked, and that's depth. There is a sense of perspective here that's well beyond Annie's ears, and she has this understanding of these big concepts like love and growing up that you don't really hear in a lot of young songwriters, and I, I'm... Just, I immediately fell in love with her music, and I knew I wanted to have her on the show. I couldn't find an email address, so I actually ended up messaging her on SoundCloud through the podcast account 
She got back to me, we exchanged some emails, and then earlier this week, we were able to connect over Skype and chat for a few minutes about her music, where she hopes it takes her, and everything else she's encountered along the way. I'm going to play a full song from Annie before we talk to her, then we're going to spend about five minutes with her, and I'll come back, and then we're going to get to Bradley. But before we do any of that, I do need to tell you two quick things. First and foremost, this episode of Inside Music, like all episodes of Inside Music, is only made possible by Holix, the music industry's leading digital promotional distribution platform. And what that means is that Holix works with record labels, managers, publicists, and independent artists from all over the world to share new and unreleased music without fear of piracy. Should leaks occur, and unfortunately they do, Holix has state-of-the-art technology that can not only stop the spread of unwanted files online, but also track down the people responsible. For more information on Holix and access to a free 30-day trial, visit holix.com. That's H-A-U-L-I-X.com. You should also be following the podcast on Twitter. We've been growing a lot in recent weeks, and I, I love to see it. Hopefully you come back. We have a brand new logo. You'll probably see it with this episode. It's definitely on our Twitter account, and that account is at InsideMusicPod. That's at InsideMusicPod. You can follow us for updates on upcoming guests, additional tidbits about current guests, and a whole bunch more information related to life in the modern music industry. Now what's going to happen once again is I'm going to play you an entire song from Annie Schindel, the first guest on our show today. She's a brand new singer-songwriter. Most of her songs has less than a thousand plays on SoundCloud, but I'm telling you, this girl has something special. And in this conversation with Annie, you'll hear what she hopes to do with her music. And after we're done talking, I'm going to come back, tell you a little bit more about Bradley and Emma Rosa, and then we'll get to that conversation. So this is a big episode two chats, and I really hope you like it, and I want to know your thoughts on Annie's music, so please reach out to us on Twitter at, at InsideMusicPod after you finish the episode, and yeah, let's get right to it. Here is the first interview of the day. It's Annie Shandell, and I'm leading off by playing the entirety of her song, Don't Really Know What We Want, which you can find on her SoundCloud account right now. Enjoy. Started out two broken ghosts dancing around, trying to figure out if what they've got is worthwhile. It's past midnight, your dad's waiting in a dim light. You're trying to apologize, cause you lost track of time. Cause you made a mistake, maybe once or twice, and you let someone down. Couple times at the end of the day, it'll be alright. It'll be alright, right, right, right. We don't really know what we've got when we're young. Praying we find a genuine love. Chasing our tails, hoping things will look up. Don't really know what we want, what we want. You're holding on to high school love. Thinking the first is good enough. Chasing our tails, hoping things will look don't really know what we want, what we want You've got a couple friends You always get in trouble with You're taking pictures of Smiles you're hoping will last
So, uh, I mean, let's start simple. Like, where are you located exactly? Um, I'm in Los Angeles, um, in Santa Monica. Okay. Is that like where you were born and raised? No. Well, yes, it's where I was raised. I, I call myself a New Yorker, even though I was only there for six weeks. I was born there. Um, and we moved to Los Angeles when I was six weeks old. Okay. So my parents also are like, you're a New Yorker at heart. When did you uh, when did you pick up the guitar? When did I pick up the guitar? Ooh, I picked up the guitar I think when I was like 11, 12. Um it was I found it in my garage. Um and I was like I want this and I want to play it now. Um and I taught myself how to play it um by ear at first and then I was like that doesn't sound that good. Um and so I I searched um like YouTube videos. Um so I was like around 12 when I first um, picked it up, but like 13, 14 when I actually was like any good at it. Now, did you have like a teacher? Did you have a trainer of some kind? No, I've actually never had um, any kind of guitar lesson ever, which is something I should I should do. No, no, all, all of the greats didn't have lessons. I mean, I think lessons are... They're nice, they can help, but if you can figure out how to do it on your own, you automatically kind of have your own sound and style because if it sounds good to you, then that's what really matters at the end of the day. And I feel like if you have a teacher, they'll teach you like the classic way and then you'll be like, oh, I, I sound like anyone that's had lessons. Whereas if you teach yourself, it's it's your own thing. It's how you play guitar. Exactly. I'm like, I think this sounds good. And so this is therefore how it's going to sound. So when did the songwriting come into perspective? Because I've only heard, you know, I don't know, what is it, six songs or so that you have, but I'm curious how long you were writing before you started recording. And then when did you start recording? Um, I started writing when I was like a small child, like when I was a toddler. Um, and it was terrible poetry that I would force family members to like watch me put on shows and like listen to my songs when they they started getting better and more personal when I was like 12 and 13 and like the first boy I ever had a crush on shattered my soul and I was like well like this is the end um and I went to my room and I wrote about it and that was kind of like the first time I was like no 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 this is what I want to do but um I started recording um, like last year, I have a mic in my room, and I just kind of like sit in the corner and record myself singing. Well, and how old are you? Because I, I guess most people probably won't know that by hearing your voice. Yeah, I am in two days. I will be 17. There you so go. So I'm 16. Yeah, there, the truth comes out. The yeah, truth comes out. 17. Yeah. But no, that's awesome because, you know, I, I heard your music because the SoundCloud has this cool new discovery feature and I, I immediately fell for it. And then I started sending it to some people that I know that have podcasts or websites and everyone was immediately on board and they were just like, this, this is really good. So I, I think it's fantastic that you're that young because I think a lot of people have these expectations. You have to be a little bit older to write with a sense of perspective and, and you don't. You, you have a very mature sense of perspective in your songwriting that I, I, you don't find in a lot of singer-songwriters. Thank you very much. That's That means a lot to me. Thank you for saying that. Now, people are going to hear right before this conversation, they're going to hear Don't Really Know What We Want. So well, can you tell us a little bit about what that song's about? Yes. I wrote that. Um, it sounds so cheesy, but I wrote that about being a lost and confused um, teenager, um, especially in the years where people are like, are you going to college? Are you doing this? What's your next steps? Like, where are you going? Um and my most honest and candid answer was, I don't really know. Um, and that I just kind of plopped into a song about that entire experience of having no idea what you're doing next and accepting that and appreciating um, being fragile and kind of utterly confused um, and knowing that that's okay and that you're in it together with like millions of other teenage girls and boys um, that are also just going through life, um, falling in and out of love, experiencing things that they've never experienced before. So I just kind of had that, like, I have no clue what's happening. I don't really know what I want. Um, and I put that together into like an anthem type sounding song. 
Well, that's great. And can we expect more music on the horizon? I, I'm hoping to see a full EP of songs at some point. Me too. Um, <laughs> join the club. Um, yeah, I am. I am working on um, putting an album together. I. It's it's me and um, my mic in my room. I'm recording and like producing stuff myself. So um, with that comes um, time. So. But I'm I'm listing stuff together and I'm putting my sound together and kind of deciding what I want that to be, which is really exciting. But definitely 100% things are coming, um, at least within the next six months. And for people listening at home, can you – so your SoundCloud address, soundcloud.com slash Annie hyphen Shindel. How do you spell Shindel for everyone at home? S-C-H-I-N-D-E-L. That's fantastic. And that's where you can find Annie. You can follow her on there. And yeah, do you have do you have anything else? You got a new song coming out this summer that we can look forward to or anything like that? Any timeline on the next track? I do. I'm going to have a new song coming out um hopefully within the next month um that I'm working on recording and it'll be really fun and hopefully if you're a person who likes dancing alone in their room, that's something you can listen to or rolling down the windows in your car. Um but definitely a lot of slower songs to come <laughs> as well. So all right. Well, thank you so much for taking a minute to talk to us about your music. Absolutely. No problem. Thank you so much for having me. So that was my conversation with Andy Shindell. She's pretty great, right? I'm expecting big things from her in the future, and hopefully, you know, maybe down the road she'll come back on the show and tell us about everything she's seen and accomplished. Right now, however, we're going to get to the main event of today's episode, and that is my conversation with Bradley Walden of Imarosa. Now, Bradley and I recorded this conversation last week. We go through a lot of things going on with 131, the stories behind the record, stories behind the videos, and really what he hopes fans take away from the album. It's a pretty great conversation. It's only about 35 minutes, and I really think you're going to enjoy the outcome. Please remember to pick up a copy of Imarosa's new album, 131 when it arrives in stores July 8th through Hopeless Records. Also, if you're going to Warp Tour this summer, make sure you make seeing Emma Rosa a priority in your day. Bradley's one of the best frontmen out there right now, and the band is so tight live, it's unbelievable. So definitely don't miss those things, okay? I know you're itching to hear Bradley talk, so I'm going to shut up now and get to the conversation with Bradley. Oh, good, man. It's been a busy day. I, I like I try to do the podcast. I'll schedule like two or three days where I just have like conversation after conversation. So like I just got off the phone with Anthony from Bayside. And now I'm talking to you, and then okay. I'm, I got another one at two o'clock. So it's moving along, moving along. How are yeah, you yeah. doing, dude? This is like a busy time for you guys. You're everywhere these days. Yeah, good, good. That's the game plan. Um, <laughs> you know, um, it's been cool seeing, uh, you know, seeing everything kind of come to fruition after making the record yeah i know as soon as you guys finished recording you you've been tweeting about this record since like the day you entered the studio basically but of course your pride about this specific album has been like huge from day one. Oh yeah yeah um this is definitely the best record that i've been a part of um and and i believe i speak for the band when i say it's the best record that you know they have been a part of so it feels good to uh, kind of all be on the same page and understand that this is the record that, uh, you know, this is kind of the, not necessarily the pinnacle, but it's definitely the most accurate representation of the band. This is the album you've been trying to make, or at least working towards making. Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, within the past uh, couple of years, yeah. Anyways, yeah, yeah. Um, when did you guys enter the studio to do this record? Oh man, uh, let's see. Uh, you know what? I, I'm so bad with dates. So so bad with dates. Um, but I feel. I mean, it was this year. 
I know that much. Maybe, uh, maybe it wasn't this year. No, it had to have been this year. No, me. I don't know. I don't know when we went in the record. I'm not gonna lie to you. Was uh, there still snow? It, no, it, we were in Nashville, and there was not snow. No, oh, that would have um, helped. Yeah, it was actually really nice. So, so that makes me think that. You know what? I don't. I can't even lie. I don't know. I think it might have been. Maybe it was straddled the new year and last year because I, I feel like you guys put out an announcement like January that you were working on the new album, but you might have already been in the studio by then. Maybe I just feel like it was really nice weather, and so I can't imagine it being too cold when we were in Nashville. But man, I'm really. Bad. I think I'm getting Alzheimer's. It comes with age, man. You start. You start forgetting random things. I guess so. I guess so, man. <laughs> I mean, I, I mean, I uh, I'm about to be 29 this year, and I, I found myself like it's it's little minute things where I'm just like, where where did that thought go, or where did that like idea that I had just things just slip away randomly? Yeah, 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 absolutely. I mean, I've always had that problem even before 29. I just um, man, it's gonna kill me now to know when we recorded the record. I should probably ask somebody. You'll probably like get off the phone with me, and it'll come back to you like five minutes afterwards, and you'll just tweet at me. And yeah. Be like, oh, it yeah. was then. <laughs> Absolutely. I mean, it's it's. Oh, we're only. I mean, we're only six months in. It's, yeah, it's only six June. months into the year, so I I can't. <laughs> I mean, I guess it had. I guess it did have to be last year then. Probably. Um, which is really, which is crazy to me, that it was recorded last year, but. Well, I mean, it's been kind of a whirlwind for you guys. At least the last couple of months, things have been, you guys have been busy. It seems like. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, we did the, we toured right into making the record. And then um, we started doing all the videos and, um, you know, promotion and things like that. And then uh, and now we're getting ready for a war tour. So, um, and then plan, you know, and, and bands are already planning the rest of the year really so um it's kind of like the busiest time for us i mean once we get on warped and the records out it'll be it'll be twice as bad but it's a good good problem to have definitely definitely well okay let's try this are you somebody that writes all the time or because you guys are on tour right up into going into the studio so are you working on what's gonna what you're gonna get to when you're in the studio or did you kind of wait until um, you were done i'm so so er our guitar player he is a person that writes all the time I do not. I I completely walk away because I feel like I'll burn myself out if I'm just constantly writing. Um, so, you know, I make the approach once, uh, like, once I'm ready to have something to say. That's when I kind of make the make the um, make the approach to writing. That makes sense. That makes sense. Everyone does it differently. So that's all. I always like to figure. I always like to learn everyone's. You know, their patterns yeah yeah for sure <laughs> now is there a specific theme you had to this do you think there's a theme to this record i mean i have my ideas about what the record's about but i'm curious like for you is there one thing this album's about or is it a whole bunch of different stories uh, it's definitely uh, it's definitely a bunch of different stories um the general idea is very self-reflective but um you know and i didn't have one thing in mind when I approach the record, because I don't approach a record, I approach each song individually. Um, and so I, it just made, like, it just made sense. Each song makes sense, but as, as a collective, I don't know. I don't understand, uh, you know, what do you think? I mean, what do you think the, the ideas of the record since you, since you kind of have, you said you have an idea. Well, I kind of feel like it's a, a lot of it feels like a self-exploration on your part of like figuring out who you are and kind of coming to terms with, I don't know, the reality of different situations, but also your role in things that happen around you, as opposed to a lot of albums and songs tend to be about like, you did this to me, or this person did this to me. This album has a lot of eye to it, like a lot of the way you're yeah. feeling and the way you react to things happening around you and kind of understanding that like you have a role in it all as well. Yeah, I uh, I I used to write in in very like conversational pieces like that, uh, especially like it was with Squid. But um, I just found myself writing for more of a uh, yeah, like you said, like a more of like an eye, like a self-reflective type of um, pattern. Like as I get older, um, I don't know if I'm um, I don't know if I'm becoming more selfish or what, but. Um, 
What's the uh, what's out. what's the one thirty one a reference to? I mean, I think of the highway in Michigan, but what's it an actual reference to? Um, it's not the highway in Michigan. Can you give me one second? I'm yeah, picking up ahead. a prescription. No problem. Okay. One thirty one was so the number kind of surrounded. I don't I don't know the phenomenon that's called when like a number kind of you, you subconsciously see a number everywhere. Yeah. Okay, I know what you're talking about. But but uh, but that number kind of followed us and. Um, the record, you know, there's a lot of theme of death in the record, and uh, no, I'm just gonna be paying. Sorry, sorry, man. Don't even worry about it. You're fine. Thanks, man. So sorry about that. Happens, man. Yeah, my my uh, my fiance is really sick, so I had to pick up some antibiotics. Oh, I didn't even um, know you got engaged. But okay, we'll get there. Go ahead, keep going. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, uh, Okay, so 131. The record is very. There's a, there is a theme of uh, of loss and death, um, and ironically, 131 just happens to be my birthday as well. So I thought there was some irony there, uh, as well as it was the address that we recorded the album. Um, it kind of followed the record everywhere. Everywhere I look, it's like that number is following the record. I looked at our, uh, I looked at our YouTube video for Miracle the other day. Um, just out of the blue and it had uh, 131 likes and so it's just one of those numbers that follows the record it's like it's uh, everywhere we looked while we were recording that number was just it started to kind of take shape <clears throat> and so uh, at a point at a point we were just like okay this number is it's the, the record is naming itself you know what I mean no I get you I get what you mean yeah, when I first saw it, I was like, there's no way it's a reference to that highway. So I was like, it has to be something more personal than that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely. I was like, I know, I mean, we both we both have spent our time in Michigan, but but no one loves of it course. that much. No, no, <laughs> I, I can 1000% agree with you. <laughs> um, well, man, let me ask you, how did you decide what you the release how you've been promoting the record because i love the three videos why those songs and like this is a real interesting approach because you know usually you get one video before the album we're at like three at this point and they're all so much different than each other yeah and i do believe that there's like plenty more coming um <laughs> you so get did you get the whole like, album what's that did you do the whole album no um <laughs> we did not uh, i wanted to but you know there is such thing as a budget yeah um However, um, you know, when we gave the record to Hopeless, they asked us what the single was, uh, and we kind of just said, whatever you want. Like, you know, every song on this record we love. So, you know, anything you want to make a single, like make a single. And they actually chose Cloud Nine first, and we were like, okay, smart move. Like, it's, you know, it's got the, it's got the uh, more, um, more pop side of the record, I guess, for lack of a better term. Um, it's got that cool, you know, choir part in there. And then, uh, and then, you know, it's like, they're like, then we'll do this song. Then we'll do this song. Then we'll do this song. And it's like, this is a great idea. Like, this is a good problem to have to where you just hand them the record and you're not sure, you know, what single is going to happen. Um, <clears throat> and, you know, they released helpless second and that just sent us into a new world, uh, which was really cool. Like, you know, started getting a lot of radio play and um, lots of Spotify playlists, things like that were really cool. And um, so then uh, Miracle came and we knew Miracle was going to be a good one because it kind of brought back the intensity and uh, the urgency in the, in the, in the band and, and showed that, that, you know, it's still a rock band. And, uh, you know, we have a couple more and, and thankfully we have Megan Thompson at, at Hopeless who is, um, working magic with our budget and making these awesome videos. Um, we took, you know, they gave us, Hopeless gives us, you know, a chunk of money and says, this is your budget for a music video. Uh, and we took that chunk and said, okay, well, we're going to split this chunk into, you know, maybe six or seven different little chunks and make a video or, or, or make videos in that way uh, because we wanted to, yeah, we liked too many of the songs too much to just have one video for one song, you know, because then we would have released, uh, you know, Cloud Nine with maybe a, a different video and it wouldn't have 
you know, that would have been it. Like we wouldn't have had all of this content and all of these great videos that we have now um, coming out and showing different sides of the record. Uh, so that was kind of the idea behind it to keep the, keep the content going and, and be able to put art to the, uh, to the songs that we made. Now, did you film them all kind of, are they all filmed in basically the same area, same place? Cause the, no, no, they, uh, cause no, for no, a while I was uh, like, maybe this is a one giant shared universe you're trying to put together here. And I was like, maybe I just don't no, see it. So, uh, so, so cloud nine was filmed in, uh, Lexington, Kentucky and miracle was also filmed in Lexington, Kentucky. Helpless was filmed in Los Angeles. And, uh, we actually did another video that, um, is also, that was also filmed in Los Angeles. Uh, where we, uh, Megan actually hand built uh, an elevator, and um, that's like the next the next video that's coming. And then we'll be shooting another video uh, in Lexington, Kentucky, right before Warp Tour, um, and then potentially shooting another video, uh, maybe in uh, in in out in California or in Vegas. So you're busy, basically. Very, <laughs> very, and this is all this is all during. You know, that's, that's during Warped. <laughs> yeah, by then you'll be on Warped Tour. Cause you only got, we only have like 10 days, not not even 10 days before Warped Tour now. Nine? Nine days. Dude, dude, please, I'm not even, I'm not even close to ready. <laughs> have you guys started throwing together a set list and all that jazz? Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. It's going to be more new than anything else. So, um, but we'll still put some favorites in there. Of course, of course. You have to at this point. Um. Well, I got to tell you, I was happy to see Miracle come out because that's probably my second or third favorite song on the album. The one I keep coming back to, and I've already tweeted this to you, but since we're talking here, we might as well say it again. I think One Car Garage is the best song on the record. I couldn't even tell you that's, why, necessarily. That's so crazy to me. Why is that? I mean, it's cool. It's just, it's, it, no, it's cool. I just haven't heard that before. I, you know, I, I mean, I love that song. I think the verses are rad. I think that uh, the chorus is very Motley Crue. Um, I... Uh, I don't know. I mean, what do you like about it? What makes you what makes what makes it such a favorite? You gotta have something that like stands out. Well, I played. You know, I, I listened to the album probably four or five times when Dana at Big Picture first sent it to me, and you know, I enjoyed it. But that was the that was the one song that every time I would get through, I'd have to start it over because it it just jumped out to me. There's something about that line you have about feeling like someone else's coffin that um, yeah. that like this grabbed me and I was like well that's a great line but also I I know that feeling and it's one of those moments where you just hit something that I was like oh that's universal for me where I'm just like oh no I know exactly yeah. what that is so that's the cool that's the that's cool like you're the first person that has said that that's your favorite song because you related to that line and there's you know there's millions of people out there who are going to hear the record and and be like oh well, I heard I heard this and this is my favorite part and it's, it's going to be different for everybody. You know what I mean? As a song, the, the record, what's that? No, go ahead. Go ahead. No, cause the record is so eclectic, uh, in my opinion that, uh, there's, sorry. Um, the, uh, the record is so eclectic in my opinion that, you know, there's there can be that moment for anybody like anybody can have that moment on on any specific song and be like oh this this resonates with me i need to listen to that again you know what i mean well and you know i i knowing you as long as i have i have this thing where i'm always like i want to hear what you're doing that's new and like where you're where i think you're going or how you're progressing since the last time you've released something and from the beginning to now and so i'm always looking for that progression right. point and this i was like this is the bradley that i I'm, I'm always looking for is this one car garage bradley this is like i don't know why but to me that's like that's you and then porcelain is a song where i was just like okay so they could do more of this in the future i'd be 100 percent okay with that and then Miracle. I thought Miracle was the first one where I was like, this is a single. Like, to me, this is this is the big song. That's awesome. <laughs> yeah, it's definitely, uh, you know, that it's that rock banger type. Uh, Miracle, is, you know, it was a fun one. We actually played it uh, on our last tour. Uh, it was the, the first new one that we played, and it was so much fun to play live. And so I'm really looking forward, because I think we're going to keep it for one tour. Um, you know, we'll probably... We'll probably play all of this, all of this, uh, the singles that we've released um, during Warped this year, um, so which I'm really excited about. That's like half your set list. Then you only get like 25 minutes. I mean, I don't know. I think we're gonna play like seven songs. Wow. So, 
squeeze. Yeah. Hit him hard. I don't know what. Yeah, of <laughs> course, of course. You know, just kind of, because we don't, uh, you know, our set, we don't do a lot of talking. Uh, it's it's a lot of like music, you know, we'll, we'll play three songs in a row before, you know, even saying anything or talking about whatever, you know. And so, you know, I, I'd rather get an extra song in there than, you know, talk about what T-shirts we have. No, no, definitely. That's that's kind of always been your approach. You, you're that guy. You do half your set before you're like, oh hi, hello. You're th- yeah. Thanks for watching us. Yeah, yeah. You know, I, when I went to a show, I always want. I was like, play another song, play another song. Like, you know, if I wanted to go to hear stand up or a uh, talk show, I'd do that. So that's just my, you know. I, I also there's two sides of it. Everybody has their own their own thing. I just I just want to play songs. <laughs> Well, what's your favorite song on the record? Uh, I think Shore is my favorite song. Oh, that's a good one. I mean, I, I like them all. I'm biased, you're biased, but I think Shore's a good one. What, what, yeah. makes, what makes Shore special to you? Uh, so, you know, the Shore is the first riff uh, that I remember ER sending to me, uh, and then the melody and the lyrics came right away. Um, and I, you know, I actually um, spoke about this yesterday to Casey, that, you know, he... he uh, he sent me this riff. I was driving in my car and uh, he's like, Hey, check this out. And I played it. And then I just started singing this melody and the lyrics to the chorus that are, you know, that's on the record. It happened just like that. Um, And it just felt like natural and good. And like, okay, this is a great chorus. Uh, And you know, the song meaning kind of hit me right away. Like I was already going through something and I was ready to, uh, you know, I was ready at that point to talk about it. And so, um, you know, when it happened, I told him, I was like, this is great. Like, let's, let's get in and, and start ironing this out. Uh, and, and, and so just in the same way that I'll just wait was written on the last record, which is one of my favorites on that record. Like this, this song was written, you know, very organically just like that it was like it happened it happened right away to me uh and i think like those are always the best songs you know and it's funny because every song on there every song on the record except for helpless uh was kind of written real close quarters to recording like right right then and there uh you know there were some riffs or whatever um that were brought to the table but the songs were really put together and written like in the in the studio which i loved i loved that creative process and it was like you know there's no turning back now like this is what you get this is what you created in the moment and that best represents you know capturing that emotion it's like it's like if you you know think about it as as if like uh you know you're you're a kid and you're opening a present and you don't know what it is but then you open it and it's like the best present you could ever imagine you know, your your face and the way that you light up is indescribable. And so your mom's like, hey, uh, I, you know, the camera, I, I didn't get a camera. I need you to act surprised again. You know, like you're going to look surprised, but that feeling is not going to be there. And I like to relate that to the way you make songs like that in that moment, what you created right then and there in that second is, is that indescribable moment. Whereas, you know, sitting on a song and coming back to it and re hashing it and re you know redoing it and and changing things here and there i feel like that's that that's that second like okay i missed you know i missed it the first time let me try to capture it again does that make sense no definitely it's it's one of those things where it's like you got to trust your gut and the same thing applies to writing you got to like you got to fire when when it hits you and not try to like put the lightning back in the bottle after the fact exactly yeah exactly no, I, and I think that that speaks through on the music because on songs like Sure or I'll just or the other one, it it has this feeling where it it feels like it's coming off the cuff or like straight from the chest as opposed to you've meticulously poured over these lyrics to make sure they say everything you need them to say. Oh yeah, the lyrics are all very like this is what I said at the moment. You know, there was some things that were changed for the sake of like oh, I didn't want to say that like that. You know, or, or what you know rhyme schemes or however. But for, you know, the, the general idea of the song is like, this is it right here. Uh, and that, uh, one thing, one cool thing about One Car Garage is that like, uh, that those verses, I just really felt, I just kind of 
like pulled them out of nowhere and um and it ended up and it ended up being really cool it ended up uh you know being it's definitely one of my favorite verses uh that i've done on one car garage well i haven't heard a lot of songs a lot of songs especially this year i haven't heard a lot of songs where the the songwriter takes the perspective of like maybe i'm bad for you as opposed to this relationship is toxic for me or like you're bad for me like you almost flip the script on one car garage and it has that feel of like maybe i'm bringing yeah. you down and it's not even see the thing is it's like it's so funny that we all hear a song and then we immediately feel like it's about you know a relationship or love and like like the song is not even to, to me it's not even about like a relationship with another person mm-hmm. uh, a lot of these a lot of these songs are about the relationship I have with myself and uh, you know it's just funny to see like like it's just funny to see the way people connect to a song that just it's a telltale sign of what where their you know where their mentality is no I agree and I think I think that comes through I think it almost comes through more in the videos that you've been releasing that there is this kind of more personal you know looking inward to it because your character in all these videos kind of almost exists in a world of, of unto himself while interacting with this outside environment. Yeah. So, you know, cloud nine was part one, uh, and miracle was part two. Like those videos are a continuation of each other. Um, or miracle is a continuation of cloud nine rather, uh, help us is its own entity. Like if you watch the video for cloud nine, the way that it goes into, uh, the building and then, Miracle kind of starts with the ending note of Cloud Nine and then starts as I go into the building. And then we have a third video that's already shot that will be a continuation of that, uh, of After Miracle as well. Is your character still going to be kind of, uh, still drunk in the third one? Well, it's just, I mean, you can see like from the beginning where I'm just walking with coffee and then like slowly, I'm just like, it's almost like he's just slowly losing his mind. It's just like a slow deterioration of, <laughs> of self-awareness. Yeah, it, it did seem like you had a lot of fun making it. At least, I mean, all of them probably are fun, but the Miracle Clip, it seemed like you really got to kind of cut, cut a little more loose. Oh, yeah, I just kind of went for it. It's funny, they uh, like they kept those shots, uh, like the pretend shots or whatever. Um, I kept drinking them, and they're like, it was really gross. Um and the the lady that kept giving me the the that kept filling the glass for me, um, somebody said something like you know like hey can we can we get this uh, shot filled more with more iced tea? And she looks over and she's like, we don't have iced tea. And I'm like, what have I been drinking for the past two hours? And she's like, oh this is energy drink. I'm like oh my god. Ugh. So, yeah, I mean after two hours of taking shots of energy drink, I was really I was, I was pretty hyped up, which is why I got so crazy. I you honestly, my favorite little piece of the video is when you walk by the pool table and you just knock around his balls, just because it's such a little, it's, it's such <laughs> yeah. a dick move moment that I it made me, it makes me crack up every time I see it. Yeah, it's funny. It's uh, it's, it's kind of hidden in there, but uh, once I go back after the first course and roll over the pool table and then kind of like crawl up. Uh, if you look at the pool balls, it's actually uh, they're r- right now the one and the thirteen are right next to each other, and the thirteen flipped upside down. So right in front of me, you can see the pools are like one thirty-one. Oh, look at you, little Easter eggs. Yeah, I love stuff like that. Uh, I think that was actually Jordan Jordan's idea. Um, mm. uh, I think in, in every video, actually, there might be a little Easter egg of one thirty-one throughout the videos. You just have to find them. Can you tell me a little bit about the significance of the last song? It's the longest song on the record. It has such it has the shortest title, and I'm sure people are going to read into it a million ways. So, what what's your take on Re? Uh, you know, um, Re is uh, you know the the meaning is to like to come back to the start, uh, you know, or or, or to, to to pull back from um, the beginning, and we wanted to kind of take something from every song and just encompass the record in this big, you know, beautiful, crazy finale. Uh, you know, and if you listen, obviously there's, you know, there's songs from, uh, or there's, there's parts from every song, 
you know, in this final song. Um, and one of the main things that I really love about it is that this, the record ends the same way that it begins, uh, just in a, in a more distraught way, which I think is so cool because it's such a representation of uh, you start this record out so strong and sure, and then the record finishes and it's almost like after going through this entire record, it's just, you know, just almost just destroys you, uh, you know, and, and falls apart after like going through all these things, which is why, uh, you know, the first song hurt, which is one of my favorites on the record. It says, if you're hurt, I'm sorry, but that's what I've been through. And then we go through this record of all of these things that I've been through and, um, you know, the end, the way that the record ends is kind of repeating the beginning of the record and just falling apart. It's like, this is, you know, this is what happens when I explain everything that I've been through, which is a cool representation of our live performance as well, because I don't like performing some songs uh, just because then I have to relive those moments. And that's, you know, it's very, it's very destroying. And, um, so I think there's just so so many amazing ways that you could look at it, and it's I, I think it's the perfect way to end the record. Um, it tells this, it, it it has a little bit of every story, uh, and it just shows that it shows what the record is capable of if you look at it in a, in an emotional way. Well, I love it, man. I think I think it's great. I mean, I think the whole album's great. Let me ask you this: Thank you. How do you feel about? I guess maybe your headspace or what was going through your mind writing this album versus the last record? Do you, did you feel like you were uh, in a different space as a person? Oh yeah. Yeah. I was way more confident writing this record. Uh, I cared way less about what other people thought writing this record. Um, I was just, just much more sure of what I wanted and who the band was, uh, was much more comfortable with bandmates. Uh, the vibe was just so much better as, you know, as human beings. And um, it just like, it was, it was, it, it came, it came out flawlessly. Um, there was, I could not have imagined recording going any better than it did. Um, you know, there was never a time where I'm like, we're not going to get this record done. Or there was never a time where I'm like, oh, this sucks no one's going to like this because I didn't care anymore at that point. Like uh, there was, it was, it was always like, this is amazing. This record is going to be great. I love what we're doing right now. Um, let's try this. Let's try this instead of that won't work. That won't work. Uh, it was just such an open, uh, honest, uh, you know, experimental and progressive and uh, exciting experience. Uh, as opposed to like a very anxious, um, nervous, unsure, um, timid experience, you know, prior to, um, and, you know, that's just, that, that was, that happened with growth, uh, that happened with, um, connecting to bandmates that happened with having someone like Casey, who really, uh, was such a phenomenal producer on this record and just, really took our ideas and ran with it in, in the right direction. Um, it was just, I mean, that's the best way I can explain it is that the, the whole experience was just the next level. Do you think a part, did, did you think a part of it going in was knowing that when this record was complete, that this is going to be your band now? Like you, you tweeted this first and foremost, but this is very much now you are the guy with the most material from this band and yep. it this is you like this is this is now your thing more than it was before absolutely um i and i think that is i and i don't necessarily see it as an accomplishment more of as a statement because it's true you know i mean it's not an accomplishment to be in a band long enough to have the most music released uh you know for from prior members like that's not an accomplishment it wasn't difficult to do like these are great people uh, great musicians, you know, they, they, uh, were not, uh, ever an issue. Um, so I'm, I'm grateful to be where I am and I'm grateful that, you know, at the end of the day, two, what, three years ago, um, maybe let's see. Yeah. A little over three years ago, like they chose me to, 
to take the reins. Um, and it took, you know, and, and they were in it for the long haul, you know, the, the, um, you know, Jordan and ER were in it for the long haul. Uh, and, um, I couldn't be more grateful, um, that, that they stuck it out because, you know, now we're seeing, uh, we're seeing where, what it's, what its potential is and we're seeing where we could possibly go. Um, and it's, and it's what some of them saw from the beginning. And, you know, some people didn't have the patience or, or didn't have the vision and that's fine. But where we are now is, you know, we are where we were meant to be and where we're supposed to be. And at this point, it's like, uh, I think I'm just, I'm just trailing off and, and, and rambling on, but, no, no, man, um, it's fine. Uh, you know, but, but at this point it's, uh, it's just like it is my band and, and it's 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 our band we made and we knew that going in because we made the record that like we wanted to make as a band and i say that over and over again because um, it's a lot of it's, it's something that a lot of bands don't do um you know us being one of them you know at one point we made a record that we weren't sure uh, we wanted to make but um the situation we were in called for a record so this we we just feel more in control now, especially being with Hopeless. Like they've been nothing but phenomenal and encouraging, and welcoming, uh, and and Casey was great, and just the whole team that we have is they believe in it now, and um, it's just like a it's it's the next level. Well, I do think it's going to kick open some doors for you guys, and uh, by the time people hear this, you'll already be into Warp Tour, but you guys are going to be are you on all of Warp Tour? Yes. So you got like two months of this. So by the time they hear it, this will probably come out the week before the record drops. So they will have maybe heard okay. another song by then. And uh, you guys are be on the road. They can see you straight on through August. Yes, sir. And then you'll probably be touring all fall. Yeah, yeah, hopefully. Are you squeezing a marriage in there somewhere since you're engaged, or is that next year? Uh, that's probably next year because uh, we asked our friend, uh, we asked our friend Sean Mackin of Yellow Card to get our date. Um, he's got a busy schedule. And so uh, we're not sure when he'll be able to do that. So that way we can actually have the wedding. Uh, yeah, I'm getting married August 6th. So I, I was curious. I was oh, like, congratulations. Oh, well, thanks, man. Yeah, we have, a, we have one of the old yeah. under the gun guys is or, or getting ordained to do my wedding. So I feel that. I feel getting That's friends good. in there. It's fun. It's fun to have your friends yeah, married. Yeah. Absolutely, man. Well, I'm, man, it seems like you've got it all now. You've got the band. You got Hopeless behind you. They couldn't ask for a better label to get behind you. You have Casey produced the record. You got, you're getting yep. married. What? I mean, what more could you be wanting right now in life? I mean, I want a dog. <laughs> oh man, perfect, perfect answer, that's, sir. That's next. That's next. A little dog, something you can take on the road with you? No, I want like a bull mastiff. <laughs> fair enough. Fair enough. I mean, we just I want gotta... a bull mast if I could take on the road with me. Just something massive, take up a bunk. Yeah. Yep. Fair enough. Fair enough. All right, man. Well, I'm gonna let you go. But you, thank you so much for talking to me about this. I love the record, and I love talking to you. I feel like we don't we don't get to do it very much. We haven't seen each other in like four years. Um, yeah. But hopefully, no. I'll see you next month. You guys are in on warp, so I'll see you when you come through Minneapolis. So we'll we'll talk then. Yes, sir. Sounds right. good, man. Have a good day. Thanks so much. You too. Yeah. Peace.